Thank you for listening to the New Life Church podcast. If you need any information about our church or if you'd like to give online, please visit us at newlifekingman.com. Hallelujah. Isn't God good? He is a good God. Well, we have had to kind of play a little bit of uh, catch up here. You say, what do you mean by that? Well, we had Kathy scheduled to uh, preach today. Uh, I believe what we're going to do, she'll be better next week, so I think what we're going to do is just have her preach next week. Amen? Uh, she's got a great message, and so I know that the Lord has laid that on her heart, and uh, she was telling me a little bit about it. You don't want to miss this because I do believe that God's speaking to her, and this is something that I, I believe will stir your hearts. So... I guess I'm it today, amen, and I get to be the guy to minister to you, amen, hallelujah. I, I, I just, uh, just want to say I really want to speak, I guess, probably the best way I could say this is from my heart. Um, I want to talk to moms today, but not just moms. Um, the principles that I'm going to talk about, the things that I'm going to talk about in this uh, message today aren't just for mothers or grandmothers. Uh, the reality is they're for ever, anyone. Uh, the truth is they are principles that if we'll stand on them in the name of Jesus, they'll change our lives. It'll change not only our lives, but it'll change our family's lives. And so I just want to uh, minister something that uh, I believe God uh, has put on my heart for today. And uh, this is Mother's Day weekend, and we do want to honor mothers and grandmothers and women. Uh, we love you. We appreciate you. And we do honor you. You are awesome. Amen. That's a good place to say amen. Hallelujah. You are awesome in every way. You know, uh, godly mothers uh, never underestimate the power of a godly mother. You know, I was fortunate and blessed in my life to be raised by a godly mother. And she made all the difference in the world. My mom is in heaven now. Uh, and that's a good place. I'm glad that she's there. She is uh, enjoying things that we can only imagine. But you know, my mom made a real big difference in my life. Uh, my mom is actually the one that led me to the Lord, to be honest with you. Back in 1972, back in them old days, I was about seven years old, and we were in church, and uh, I, don't, I know it was around Christmas time, and I know it was in the evening. I'm not sure exactly what day it was, but I know it was in December, in the evening, so it had to be an evening service. And I know the, the pastor was doing an altar call. And I remember my mom leaned down to me and she said, John, would you like to give your life to Jesus? Would you like to get saved? And I said, yes. And she said, can you tell me what that means? Because my mom was, if she was anything, she was thorough. She wanted to make sure that I knew what I was talking about, so I looked at her and I told her, well, you invite Jesus into your heart and you make him your Lord and your Savior and he forgives you of your sins and then you live for him. And she goes, that's exactly it. And so she asked me if I'd like to go down to the altar. So my mom took me by the hand. I said, yes, she took me by the hand and we went down to the altar and we prayed at the altar and I gave my life to Jesus. And my mom is the one that led me to the Lord. And so the reality is I am in many ways uh, who I am today, uh, not only because she gave me life, but because uh, she led me to the Lord. 
And I've never forgotten that. And my mom, uh, you know what? She, uh, uh, my mom did a lot of things. She gave me my moral compass. Uh, she is the one that put steel in me. Uh, my mom, uh, she wasn't a pushover. Uh, she, she was generous and nice and kind, and she was enormously maternal. Uh, but I remember one time being about 15 years old, and I smarted off to my mom, and she went to slap me, and I had outgrown my boots and grabbed her hand thinking I was going to stop her from slapping me. Well, she came around with a haymaker on the left, about knocked me out. That was back in the days when corporal punishment was encouraged. Uh, I got home and my mom told my dad what happened. And I got it from him too. Now he just, he, he, did, he didn't uh, punch me or hit me or anything like that. But, well, I'll tell you what, don't mess with mom. Dad come uncorked. You know what I'm saying? And so I had great parents though. They were, they were wonderful. And, and I just, I often think about my mom. I often think about her investment in my life. I think about her investment in my children's lives. Um, my, my daughter, I'll just tell you a quick little story. My mom passed away uh, shortly after Amy turned three. But prior to that, Amy would always go over to her house and she would, uh, my mom and Amy would sing Amazing Grace together. Well, Amy didn't know the, the, the name of the song. She didn't know Amazing Grace. All she knew is the one statement at the one line was wretch like me. So Amy would come over and say to my mom, let's sing wretch like me, wretch like me, wretch like me. And so they would sit down and they would sing Amazing Grace together and it was wonderful. And my mom really did uh, put a lot into my sons, into me, my wife. And in many ways, uh, uh, she really did make us who we are. And I'm so thankful uh, for my mom. I, 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 have, I remember her every day. I think about her every day and I am so glad to have a mother like her. So I want to begin today. I want to tell you a story that I think there's probably some women in this place, some mothers in this place that can relate to this story. So you bear with me. A woman who telephoned a friend and asked how she was feeling had a shock on her hands. When she called, she asked the woman, are you doing okay? How are you feeling? And that voice answered back, terrible. It's horrible. My head's pounding. My back and my legs are killing me. The house is a mess and the kids are driving me crazy. Very sympathetically, the caller listened and said, listen, 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 calm down. Go, go right now and lie down. I'll come right over and I will cook lunch for you. I'll clean up the house and I'll take care of the children while you get some rest and maybe even take a long bath. By the way, how's your husband Sam doing? Sam? I don't have a husband named Sam. Oh my goodness, I'm so embarrassed. I must have dialed the wrong number. There was a long pause. And then a shaky voice said, Are you still coming over? I thought, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. I'm certain many of us or many of you ladies have felt that way. I know I have felt that way at times, raising kids, being a dad. But you know what? There's nothing like being a mom. You know what? You guys, especially when the kids are little, you guys really get bombarded. And I'm certain there are days when it is frustrating. And sometimes we can think, man, am, what am I doing? 
You know, and I think sometimes every parent, it doesn't matter if it's a mom or a dad, but I think that every parent goes through a season when they're, they ask themselves, am I making any difference in my children's lives? Am I doing anything at all? Does this really matter? What I'm doing, does this matter? Well, I'm here, to ta- I'm here today to tell you that your life in your children's lives matter. I don't care if they're four or 40 or 80. Your life matters in their lives. And I'm going to tell you something too. A godly mother makes all the difference in the world. And I'm going to tell you something. Let me, let me just say this to you. A godly mother can literally change the course of history. You need to understand that. You go, well, you don't know my kids. No, I don't. I may not know them like you do, but I could tell you this, that a godly mother can make the difference in those children's lives and you can forever change the course of history. Abraham Lincoln once said this, he said, no man is poor who had a godly mother. All that I am or hope to be, I owe to my mom. See, the character of a good mother is made up of some remarkable qualities, faithfulness, compassion, self-sacrificing, nurturing, and spirituality. And you know what? These qualities really are what make up great women. And as a matter of fact, it really just makes up a great person in God's eyes. In fact, the biblical word translated mother in the Hebrew is the word amea. And it means the bond of the family or the force that strengthens and holds things together. So mom, you don't know it, but you are the glue. All that you are, all the qualities of your life are the glue that holds your family together. You make a huge difference. And we thank you. And we honor you for that. Now, in our text, we're going to get to this here in just a moment, and you can turn in your Bibles if you want to over to Exodus chapter 2. We'll get there in just a moment. But in our text, we are going to be introduced to a woman by the name of Jochebed. And I believe that she stands out as one of the greatest mothers in all of the Bible. Her love, her sacrifice, her courage, it literally did change the course of history. She set into into motion events that made it possible for God's people to be set free from Egypt. And it would do us well to look at the life of this great mother. If there's anything today that I want you to get from this message, this is what I want you to get. I want you to get that you are making a difference. You are making a difference. I know as a pastor how easy it is to come to believe that your life isn't making any difference. And see, that is the lie from the pit of hell. How many understand the devil has a vested interest in convincing you it doesn't matter what you do? Let me tell you something. It matters what you do. And what you are doing as a mother, as a godly mother, even though you may not be seeing the fruit of it at this moment, let me tell you, it's making a difference. The seeds that you are planting into your children, the encouragement, the strength, the courage, the faith, 
that you are demonstrating and being an example to your children will one day change their lives. And if you're here today and you have adult children, I'm going to tell you, adult children still look back to their mom. They still do. And, they are, and you are making a difference in their lives. And please don't think for a moment that I'm just speaking to moms today. The reality is everything that I'm going to talk about in this message can affect men as well. It can help you to be a better dad, a better parent, a better brother, sister, a better cousin, a better friend, a better co-worker, because these are all true principles of God that we're going to look at. So I want you to turn over to Exodus chapter 2, starting in verse 1, and I'm going to read verse 1 through 10, just to give you the story. It says, And a man of the house of Levi went and took as wife, as wife a daughter of Levi. So the woman conceived and bore a son. And when she saw that he was a beautiful child, she hid him three months. But when she could no longer hide him, she took an ark of bulrush for him, daubed it with asphalt and pitch, and put the child in it. And laid, and laid it in the reeds by the river bank. And his sister stood afar off to know what would be done to him. Then the daughter of Pharaoh came down to bathe at the river. And her maidens walked along the riverside. And when she saw the ark among the reeds, she sent her maid to get it. And when she opened it, she saw the child. And behold, the baby wept. So she had compassion on him and said, this is one of the Hebrews' children. Then, then his sister said to Pharaoh's daughter, shall I go and call a nurse for you from among the Hebrew women that she may nurse the child for you? And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, go. So the maiden went and called the child's mother. Then Pharaoh's daughter said to her, take this child away and nurse him for me, and I will give you your wages. So the woman took the child and nursed him, and the child grew, and she brought him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. So she called his name Moses, saying, because I drew him out of the water. This is an incredible story of mother motherhood amongst horrific circumstances. I need you to pay attention to this because th there's some stuff going on in here that I don't know that we, we really can completely understand the level of controversy that's happening and the level of, of, of things that are going on in this uh, time and season of these people's lives is nothing short of horrific. But God is doing a miracle, and he's using this woman to literally change history. Now, the Bible tells us in Exodus chapter 6, verse 20, that her name is Jochebed, and her husband is named Amram. And Jochebed was an Israelite, one of God's chosen people, and she was from the tribe of Levi. So was her husband, and they were very dedicated, godly people. Now, you need to understand something. The Levites would eventually become the tribe where all the priests that would serve God and that would minister in the temple. That's where they came from. And so these were the people that were known for serving God. And so there's something about their history and about their lineage that tells us that these people had dedicated themselves to the service of the Lord. 
So what it tells us this morning is that she had an active, living, vital relationship with God. And I'm here to tell you today that every mother needs a relationship with the Lord. Can you say amen? And every child needs a mother who is saved, sold out, and dedicated to God in heaven. Can you say amen? Nothing will make more difference in the lives of your children than your very own salvation. Your service to the Lord, your relationship with God affects your children. Jochebed and her husband were the kind of people that refused to compromise. When you think about these people, when you think about who they were and what they're going through, these are people that had drawn a line in the sand. These are people that said, look it, we're not going to bend. We're not going to go the easy way, but we are going to do what is right in the sight of God. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 23, it says, by faith Moses. Now, it's not talking about Moses' faith, but it's talking about his mother's faith. It says, by faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden three months by his parents because they saw he was a beautiful child and they were not afraid of the king's command. We need to pay attention to that because here's what is being said, is these parents, this mom, was not afraid of the world. We're living in some times today where the world is shouting loudly. Can you say amen? We're living in some times today where the world has got an agenda. They want to change how we live. They want to, us to, to buy into things that are completely ungodly. But yet this couple, this mom, was not afraid of the king's command. In other words, they were not afraid to stand against the tide. They were not afraid to say no to the world. And because of her faith, faith, the Bible tells us we could see her courage. By faith, she was willing to defy the order of Pharaoh and keep the commandments of God. Jochebed refused to give in to a godless system that would have cost her life and her son's life. She says, I'm drawing a line in the sand. I'm standing up for what is right for my son. Listen to the decree of Pharaoh. In Exodus chapter 1, verses 15 and 16, and then verse 22, it says, Then the king of Egypt spoke to the Hebrew midwives, of whom the name of one was uh, Shipra, and the, the name of the other was Pua. And he said, When you do the duties of a midwife for the Hebrew women, and see them on the birth stools, if it is a son, then you shall kill him, but if it's a daughter, then she shall live. So Pharaoh commanded all his people, saying, Every son who is born, you shall cast him into the river, and every daughter you shall save alive. This is a wicked king. This is a guy that doesn't care. He's protecting his own skin. He has an agenda. He has an agenda to change things. He doesn't like the Hebrew people. He doesn't care about the God they serve. They're slaves. They're nothing. And what he wants to do is he wants to protect himself. So he comes up with a way to bring about this kind of control. And the only way he can do it is to kill the male children. We've seen this over and over again in the Bible. But here are these parents that are willing to stand against that tide because in spite of the decree of Pharaoh, the Bible says she hid him. She, 
the reality is if she were found out, if they found out that she had hid him, she would be killed along with her son. She risked her life. Years ago, a young mother was making her way across the hills of South Wales, carrying her tiny baby in her arms. And when she was overtaken by a blinding blizzard, she never reached her destination. And when the blizzard had subsided, her body was found by searchers beneath a mound of snow. But they discovered that before her death, she had taken off all her outer clothing and wrapped it around her baby. And when they unwrapped the child, to their great surprise and joy, they found he was alive and well. She had mounded her body over his and had given her life for her child, proving the depths of her mother's love. Years later, that child, David Lloyd George, grew up into manhood, became the prime minister of Great Britain, and without a doubt is one of England's greatest statesmen. What happened? Because of her stand, because of her willingness to risk her own life, because of her confidence, and because of her faith, she was able to bring her son into his destiny. Mom, I'm telling you today, you have as much to do with your child's destiny as your child. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You have the ability to change the destiny of your child, to bring them into a place where God will use them for the kingdom of God because of your courage. And because of the courage of Jochebed, Moses lived to realize his destiny. Listen, because of her faith, we see her confidence. Not only do we see her courage, but we see her confidence. Jochebed's confidence was motivated by this faith that God will come through, that God is faithful. She needed this kind of faith to accomplish what she did for the Lord. See, when she was hiding him, she was serving God. When she was protecting him. See, when your children are little and you're praying over them in the, in, at, at night and you're speaking over them, or when they're little and you're reading that Bible verse to them, or you're praying over them, you are serving the Lord because you are planting truth into that child's life that will affect their destiny. The problem is the devil comes along and he says, it doesn't matter what you do. You don't have time for this. Your life isn't going to count, but I'm telling you, it does. Can you say amen? She had a confidence to resist the world. Listen to what I'm saying. The world was crying out for the death of her son. But this mother stood strong in the face of attack, and she placed her son above the will of the world. I feel like today there's a lot of parents that are so frustrated. They are so uh, worn out by all of the stuff that is being bombarded at our schools, all of the stuff that we see on the internet, all of the technology that we see, and we wonder, is there any hope for our children? I'm telling you, there is hope for our children because of your life. Can you say amen? You can stand against the attack of the world. In Exodus chapter 2, verse 2, it says, So the woman conceived and bore a son, and when she saw that he was beautiful, a beautiful child, she hid him three months. Now that's no small task. You ever heard of a crying baby in a restaurant? You ever been at Walmart and your kid throws a fit? Don't raise your hand. You ever tried to hide a baby? 
It's hard. But somehow they were able to do it. Somehow they were able to go to the lengths to bring about this, this, this security. They were able to bring about something that would hide that child and preserve that child for the future. That's what you do as a mom. That's what you do. You're covering when you pray, when you worship. I remember years ago when, when Andy was a real little boy, Kathy would get up early in the morning and she would go take a shower and she would be standing in the shower. Andy's probably only about two or three years old and Kathy would always sing worship songs in the shower. And every morning she would open up the shower curtain and there is Andy laying on the floor listening to his mom worship. That had... That had effect in his life. That changed his life. See, the demands of the world, they want your child's attention. They want the loyalty of your children. But when we speak into them, when we pray into them, when we decree and confess over them, it is like a blanket. It is something, it is a covering. We can plead the blood of Jesus over them and hide them for a future day. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Jesus told us in John chapter 10, verse 10, that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And children are oftentimes its most common victims. But see, godly mothers, along with Jochebed, by their faith, will stand strong in confidence, and they will resist the world and the desire to have them. Are you hearing me? All that God would give us mothers who aren't afraid to take a stand for what is right. And you say, well, Pastor, I, I'm, not, I'm not a confrontational, I'm not talking about taking a stand at the PTA. I'm not talking about running down to your local school with a, with a picket sign and, and, and doing that. I'm talking about taking a stand in the throne room of God. I'm talking about taking a stand with the demon that wants to take your child. I'm talking about doing real battle. I'm talking about doing the kind of battle that changes the school forever. I'm talking about doing the kind of battle that will change a nation forever. I'm talking about the kind of battle that we see spiritually where a mother will rise up with faith and confidence and say, you're not having my children. Amen. You're not taking my children. In Joshua chapter 24, verse 15, the Bible says, And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourself this day whom you'll serve, whether the gods of your father, uh, which your father served that were on the other side of the river, or gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That's our stand. Mom, that's the stand. That, that's where you resist the world. As for me and my children, we will serve the Lord. We will serve the Lord. She had a confidence to release her child. And I want you to think about this for a moment. Because there came a time when it was no longer possible for her to hide her child. And the only thing she could do was release him. In Exodus chapter 2, verse 3, it says, But when she could no longer hide him, she took an ark of bulrushes for him, daubed it with asphalt and pitch, and put the child in it, and laid it in the reeds by the riverbank. What confidence it must have took. What faith it must have took for this mother to take her baby and place him in this little boat and push him off into the river. She had to release him. 
I remember when my boys were getting married. It was 2013, and Andy was the first to get married, then Jason. And I remember at that time, they were leaving my house, and, and, and they were going on their own. They were now going to be husbands, and they were buying houses, and they were doing things. And for me, it seemed like the ball was rolling, rolling a lot faster than I could keep up with. And I remembered that everything inside of me wanted to control. I wanted to stop them. I wanted to put my arms around them because I wanted to protect them from what I knew was coming. And I remember I had to pray, God, help me to release without abandoning. And this is exactly what Jochebed did. She understood that there was a destiny for this young boy. And what she had to do was release him. And what she did is she didn't just release him into the river. That would be child abuse. What she did was release them into the hands of God. She says, you know what, God, you're a big God, and you could take care of my child. And I trust you. I trust you with my child. What confidence it must have took to release him. It takes a faith to release your child. But without releasing your child, they will never become what God has called them to be. I remember there's a story of a pastor from New York. He pastored a church, a very large church, him and his wife, very successful. And as their daughter grew up, she became a teenager got involved with the wrong crowd. Slowly but surely, the world and its vices began to take over. It got so bad by the time she turned 18, they could no longer tolerate all of the things going on in her life. And there came a point when they had to let her go. And I remember in the book that he's writing, he, he said, you know what, this was so hard because he says, I knew letting her go that the chances were that she could get severely hurt or killed. But he also said, I knew God had a destiny for her. And he said, I released her, and her mother and I began to pray. And every day we contended. We released to God, but we put her completely in the hands of God. And years later, she came back to the Lord, and now her and her husband are pastoring a church. Because God is faithful. God is faithful. We're not releasing them to the world, we're not throwing them out to the wolves. What we're doing is saying, you know what, God? You love my children more than I love my children. And I'm going to give them over to you. I'm going to trust you. When Dr. R.A. Torrey was a young man, he had no faith in God or the Bible. His mother, however, was a devout Christian who constantly prayed for his conversion and often witnessed to him. One day he said to her, I don't want to hear about my sins or your prayers anymore. I'm going to leave. Don't bother me anymore. And with tear-filled eyes, the woman followed him to the gate and pleaded with him to change his mind, but he would not be detained. Frantically, she cried as he was walking down the street, Son, you're going down the wrong road. But when you come to the end of your rope, every, when everything seems hopeless, Call upon your mother's God with all your heart, and he will surely help you. After Tori left home, he went into, a, into the deeper levels of sin, and one night in a hotel room when he was unable to sleep, weary from all of the problems that were pressing on his life, he decided to take the gun he kept in the dresser drawer and end his life. 
And just as he reached for the weapon, he remembered his mother's last words. And convicted by the Holy Spirit, he fell on his knees and he cried out, Oh God of my mother, if there is such a being, I need your help. If you will give it to me, I will follow you. In a moment, his dark, darkened heart was illuminated and peace filled his soul. And later on in life, R.A. Torrey became one of the greatest evangelists of our time who led thousands and thousands of people to Christ. I'm telling you, Mom, I'm telling you, the seeds that you're putting in that child will grow and they'll bear fruit. And when you release your child into the hands of God, God will bring them back. Can you say amen? She had the confidence to raise him. This is the amazing thing about this story. This is just like God. I want you to think about this. And this is the part that just is remarkable to me. Because after releasing Moses into the river, he is found by Pharaoh's daughter. And by God's grace, Jochebed was able to work things out where she became his nurse. And she got paid to do it. Isn't that just like God? Not only does she knows that without Pharaoh's daughter, Moses is dead. But somehow she puts him in that little boat, floats him out there, releases him into the hand of God. And God orchestrates that the only one in all of Egypt that could save this child would be there that day. And then the sister... Miriam goes and says, would you like me to get his nurse? I know a woman. You know what, church? When you release your child, God will bring, it, bring him back and may even pay you for the privilege. What an awesome thought is. That is, isn't it? She got to raise him. She got to teach him. And I was thinking about this because later on we're told that Moses was raised in the courts of Pharaoh and he was raised in the ways of Egypt. That means he knew all about their false gods and the way they worshipped and all of that. But in the formative days of his youth, his mother told him about his heritage. His mother prayed for him. She put a seed in him and it was a sleeper. It was one of those seeds that God was waiting that one day he's going to ignite. And you know what, mom? You may have some children that in the days of their childhood you put seeds into. But now you look around and you go, he's serving Egypt though. Oh, but there's seeds. You got to raise him. And there's seeds in him. And God's going to cause those seeds to come alive and bear fruit. And one day he's going to want to go see his people. And he's going to know his calling. And you know what? He's probably going to do things wrong at first. He's going to think he's the deliverer right away. But God says, no, no, i got a lot of training for you. And then he's going to take him to the backside of the desert. But listen to this. God is going to make a way. And your child is coming back. This is the promise. Listen, Proverbs 6, 20 through 23. It says, my son, listen to, listen to Solomon. My son, keep your father's commands. That's all he says about dad. It says, and do not forsake the law of your mother. 
Bind them continually on your heart. Tie them around your neck. When you roam, they'll lead you. When you sleep, they'll keep you. When you awake, they will speak with you. For the commandment is a lamp and the law a light. Reproofs of instruction are the way of life. In other words, what your mom has put in you is like no other thing. And mom, when you put it into your child, it will come to pass. And it takes faith to raise your child. It takes faith. But I'm telling you, God will see it come to pass. And finally, she had the confidence to love her child. And because of her love for her child, she poured her life into him. You know, of all the things that I remember about my mom, and there are a lot of them, there's probably one thing that sticks out more than anything, and it's how my mom loved me, how she cared about me. And she put a lot into me. I believe I'm here today because of a godly mother. I'm here today because a mom said, I'm going to invest in my son. A lot of people don't know it. I'll tell you the testimony. And this is not to say anything about me. This is to say about my mom. My mom and dad were married in 1959. I was born in 1965. And my mom and dad, for six years, tried to have a baby. Finally, they went to the doctor. And the doctor told them, you'll never be able to have a child. You're barren. So they gave up on having the child. They started the adoption process. But somehow my mom heard about the story of Hannah, where she prayed and said, if you'll give me a child, I'll give that child to you. And my mom prayed. Here I am. You know, for a long time in my life, church, I, for a long time, and I'm sharing this just from my heart, I never thought I had much of a testimony. I was raised in church. I cannot remember ever a time in our family where we didn't go to church. I was raised Christian. I didn't drink. I didn't get involved in drugs and partying and all of that. That was not who I was. I didn't go down some wild road of debauchery and bad morals and all that. In fact, by the time I was 12 years old, I was baptized in the Holy Spirit. By the time I was 16, I was called into the ministry. By the time I was 22, I was pastoring my first church. Kathy was 19. (laughs) Why they sent us out, I'll never know. But they did. At 56 years old, I have 34 years of ordination. But you know all that's possible? All of that is because a mom loved me and she invested in me spiritually. And she made a way for me. She covered me. Oh, there wasn't time. You say, well, were you ever tempted? Sure. I was in, I was in Michigan at Central Michigan University. And I remember the first time I went to a concert. It was a Christian concert. But it was in Detroit, Michigan, and I'm standing there waiting to get in line, and a guy walks up, and he has 
a, a handful of joints, marijuana. He goes, you want to buy one? No. <laughs> I remember my roommates. Man, these guys were foul. I came in. I had my Jesus rock. I was a nerd, man. I had a rock that says, I love Jesus on it. And I had my Bible. Remember back in the day when you had Bible covers? Some of you still have them. That just dates you. But back in the day, the, there was a Bible cover, and mine had a cross on it, and my roommates would always turn it upside down. Oh, no. That's my roommates for you. I remember the first time they came in, and this is back, so this is 1983, they came in, and they said, hey, we're going to a movie. It was one of those movies. I didn't go. But I remember that God had put something in me, and for the longest time, I... I never thought I had a testimony. I thought I, you know, I would think of people like Pastor Howard and others who had gotten delivered and the people we see in Jacob's Ladder that, oh my gosh, look what the Lord had done until I figured out that what God had done is that he answered the prayer of a, a mother who wanted a child. And he put me here. And then he gave me a history and a lineage where I don't have to fight a lot of backstory. I don't have to fight a lot of habits. And you know what? He gave me a great life because of a mother who invested in me. A mother who invested. And I'm here today to tell you, all the moms, it doesn't matter how old you are, it doesn't matter how old your children are, you can invest in them. Right now, your grandchildren, you can invest, you can make a difference in them. Some of you have young children. Some of them are babies. Hold them and pray over them. When your children are sleeping, pray over them. Declare over them. Even some of you are grandmas. When your adult children come over and they take a nap on your couch, stand over and declare over them. They're still your baby. You make a difference. He said, well, what, what, what about me, Pastor? I didn't have a mom like that. Then be a mom like that. Be a mom like that. Make a decision. You can change the world through your child. Can you say amen? amen. Why don't you bow your heads with me for a moment? I did this in the first service, and I want to do it today in the second service. Maybe you're in this place, and maybe you are parent of an adult child or teenager or a child that has gone wayward. They're not living for God. They don't go to church. And you say, man, I, I just, I want my kids to know Jesus. I want my children to come home. Maybe, maybe you're estranged from your children. Maybe there was somewhere in your history there was a fight or something that transpired. He said, man, I, I just want my relationship renewed. If that's you, would you lift your hand up just real quick and put it right back down? Amen. Put it right back down. I want to pray for you. And I want you to believe God with me because I want to tell you something. The Bible says that children are the blessing of the Lord. It's your heritage. And I believe God's in this and I believe God wants to answer prayer. And I believe God wants to bring your children home. So let's pray, Father, right now for everyone that raised their hand, that has a child that's not living for God or a child that is estranged from them, that's out of relationship with them. 
Father, I pray, Lord, that you would touch them right now. Lord, that you would bring people across their path right now, ministering to them, telling them about Jesus. Father, I pray the seeds that were planted years ago would begin to grow and bear fruit in their life. Father, I pray for these moms, God, right now, these dads. I pray, Lord, that you would touch them. Give them hope, God. Remind them of the difference that they make. Lord, stir their faith, God, that they would rise up again, no matter how old their children are, no matter how old their grandchildren are, that they would rise up and say, I am going to stand for my children, and I'm going to draw a line in the sand, and I'm going to bring my child into the court of heaven, and I am going to lay them at your feet, and I'm going to release Release them to you, and Father, that you would do a miracle in them. Father, I pray, encourage moms and dads in this place. Encourage, God, grandmothers and grandfathers in this place. And Father, even those that have no children, I pray, encourage them that they can be spiritual parents that they can touch those getting saved and that they can guide them and lead them and that we can make a difference in the world around us through parenthood. And Father, we thank you for it right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Isn't God good? Don't you love that story about Moses' mom? Amen. You know what? We're going to release you today. I'm going to ask my ministry team if they would come up front. If you have a need of any kind, uh, come on up. Let them pray for you. Why don't we stand to our feet, let you guys go. We let you out a, a little bit early today. Maybe you could get in line at the restaurant a little quicker. Amen. You have a great day. God bless you. We'll Thank you for listening to the New Life Kingman podcast. We can't wait to see you next week.